Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Mondays Down South. As you can see, it's just the two of us. Um, taking, it's taking everything in me not to sing. It's just the two of us, but that's okay. Uh, Zebo is not here. He was actually with me all weekend um, visiting the University of South Carolina as we wallop the Gators during uh, Patrick Barnett's birthday weekend. So shout out to him. I'll make sure he catches this uh, weekend. Happy birthday, Pat. We had a great time. Gamecocks won 40 to 17. Bukulik went back and he had some stuff to tend to tonight. So he wasn't able to make the pod. So it's just going to be me and Evan. But as you know, we're going to keep it uh, keep it to the schedule, talk about what we usually talk about and get the ball rolling. So E, kick it over to you. I don't know if there's anything you want to bring up before football or tell us about what you did this weekend or whatever. It's it's, it's The floor is yours, sir. Yeah, man. I, I, I tuned into that or not tuned in, but I guess check the score of that game, knowing you guys were all there. At, it must have been like the third quarter and it was already like a complete blowout. I was like, what in the world is going on? So, oh, sorry, my phone's going off. But um, so I had to text Pat, even though I knew he was busy. I forget. He was like, dude, it's so bad because um, I figured him and all of his Florida gear at a South Carolina, um, you know, sold out stadium probably was getting heckled quite a bit. But uh, hopefully he had a good time nonetheless. Yeah. Normal well, weekend here. Not, What's that? He's not a quiet fan by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. <laughs> he, walked in there, he walked in there saying Gators by 30, chomping all over the place, making it very well known that he was a Florida fan in, in a South Carolina stadium and making it very well known that he didn't think very highly of our team. And in his defense, I didn't meet myself and many other South Carolina fans did not expect us to win that game i mean the spread was 20 points yeah. i was gonna say him saying gators by 30 is only a touchdown extra on what yeah, vegas exactly. thought so that's not so, that I mean, in all reality you know. in, all, in all seriousness none of us really went into that expecting south carolina to win that game at least not my friend group uh we did think they'd cover which was a good bet for us this weekend little did we know that the spread would flip-flop and we would beat them by over 20 and man was it fun to watch i haven't felt the stadium like that i, haven't, I don't think i've seen our team win a game that convincingly since I was a freshman or sophomore at University of South Carolina back when we were actually, you know, a top 10, top 15 team every year. So um, it was really, really amazing. But again, tough for Pat, especially on his birthday weekend. Yeah. Hard to feel bad for a Gators fan, though. They, they had, especially they one like that flaunts it the way he does. Uh, so it's, you know, even even albeit his birthday weekend, you know, tough. Was a good tough sport, yeah, yeah. It was a good sport. He wished he would. He congratulated us and, and moved forward. So shout out to Shane Beamer. We get one more win and he uh, – he gets us into a bowl game his first year of as a head coach after winning three games last year and losing all the recruits. I'd say that's about as as good as it gets for us our first year. So very, very happy to have a Beamer ball up in, or down in Columbia and great weekend nonetheless. Love it. Well, well, well you, you talk about your college team. I'll mention the Dukes officially in the or not in the FBS, but officially going to the FBS um the Sun Belt thing got approved on Friday so Ooh, the Dukes okay. are finally out of the FCS we get to participate in the bowl schedule and whatnot if uh six wins allows for it so get a little little rivalry matchups with Coastal Carolina in the near future so should be a fun situation but that was exciting and then yeah otherwise just watch the fights this weekend uh, an awesome fight card sadly Zach's boy Michael Chandler um lost but put on a, a great performance as he always does yeah um Shout out Gaethje for a good foot. Rose Nama Yunus, impressive win. And uh, Kamaro continues to look like the uh, pound for pound best fighter um, in the world. And, and Colby put on another good show. But um, 
good fights, but otherwise, there's not too much to talk about. I think yeah. about in the sports Can I world. The hilarious story about Bakulik uh, while he's not on air regarding the fights. <laughs> he calls me, or we—I shouldn't say he calls me. I called him, and we kind of got split up during the game. He was with us for the first half of the game, and then I met up with his uh, his cousin, and then Colin Beckham and Brian Jones, who were uh, subscribers and fellow Charlotte peeps and Stonebridge alumni of ours. Um, that were at the game. So we went to go meet up with them because they weren't sitting in our section while I was sitting with Patrick and Blake and Hunter and Matt and uh, Hannah and Lexi and that whole crowd. Basically, I told them after the game, like, if, if you're with the crowd, no worries. But when we meet up, like, we'll probably get split up because game day traffic gets crazy and you, we had to get the truck out and all that. So long story short, we leave the stadium. We go to the truck. We're uh, getting ready to hit the road. And I call Bakulik and I'm like, hey, man, we're going to hit the road. You guys want to join us? He's like, oh, we'll catch up with you guys in a little bit. Like, we're going to go uh, – try to catch the fight somewhere. So I'll let you know where we go and we'll, we'll tag up. And I was like, sounds good, man. We'll see you later. But this is a usual Bakulik story for any of our uh, listeners that don't know him well. And for anyone that do know him well, this is not going to be a surprise at all. Get a call from him about an hour later once we're back at the Airbnb um, that Matt, my, uh, Matt and Hunter and Blake and them have. And um, <laughs> Bakulik calls us and he goes, hey, what are you guys doing? I was like, we're back at the Airbnb. Where are you at? He's like, and you can clearly tell he's he's had a few uh, adult beverages and he's like, yeah, I'm at some frat house watching the fights. And we're like, wait, what? Like, keep in mind, we're, we're 20, we're 27, 28 years old now. So I'm like, Bukulik, how did you end up in a frat house? He's like, yeah, man, it's a long story. I'll let you know later. Long story short, I didn't see him the rest of the night until we showed up to the hotel room or we brought him a cookout to our hotel room that we were staying in. And this dude's just conked out. I was like fast asleep. We like we wake him up to give him food and he's like, oh, man, I appreciate you guys. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Like we went we went to like a bar to try to watch games. And then these frat guys were like, hey, we're having the games at our place or, or sorry, we're having the fights right. at our place. And then we just showed up. And next thing you know, we watched the fight and I'm back in bed. I'm like, but cool. Like, this is so you. So I love it. That, we, get a, we get a good story of somebody doing something crazy. Down at least, least surprising, but cool story of all time. But another another classic. Okay. <laughs> I guess let's jump into it. Um, week week nine is is in the books. A nuts, another nuts week. Just like unbelievable scores, pretty much across the board. I think only half the favorites won. Um, so I'll I'll kick it to you. What's the what's the first game that kind of caught your eye that you want to uh, to talk about here? Well, I mean, I don't want to keep being happy about my teams, but I'm very happy with how the Colts play. I mean, I know it was the Jets. I mean, you played the Jets. You played the Jets with Josh Johnson at quarterback. It's fair, fair, but we dominate. I don't think the score reflects. What happened but we needed a win so i was happy i just wanted to throw that out there because Wentz had an awesome game and i was really happy to see that um a couple other ones that really got me was the browns just dismantling the Bengals. like it wasn't even really close and what was weird is you would think in a in a week where odell leaves that they would you know lean more on the run and they did our boy nick chubb shout out to our fantasy running back uh had a huge week and that was amazing you know over 100 100 yards rushing and two tds but what was really interesting is I saw a lot of five wide from them. They're really opening up the offense. I don't know what, I don't know what incentivized that, but man, that offense are good. And in the meanwhile, they were um, forcing turnovers and had a hundred yard pick six from Denzel Ward, which is really amazing. I mean, he's really coming into his own as one of the league's best cornerbacks a couple of years into his, his career and um, a surprising loss for the Bengals. I mean, it's one thing if they lose, but the game wasn't even really close. Um, so it was, that was a really surprising one for me personally. You had any thoughts on that? Either? Yeah, no, I mean, the pick six started them off on a, on a rough foot and it just, they just could kind of never get it back, but it, it's good to see the Browns going to get back to their form. I mean, 
Like they have such a good formula that's a little unique compared to other teams where they can pound the rock at will. Um, again, no Beckham anymore. We'll see where he ends up. But like Peoples Jones looks like a guy that can pop the top and offers a nice mix with Landry, the more possession receiver. And then they, they got the tight ends. I'm laughing about the five wide thing. I didn't realize how much five wide they run. I suspect they ran it with the tight ends. I don't even know who they would throw out there, but um, cause they got like, I guess three tight ends now. I don't know which of them are healthy, but um, yeah, in hindsight, like it seems like maybe the Bengals start to drift back more to an average team um, closer to what we expected preseason and, you know, maybe the Browns are ticking back up, although now Chubb has gotten COVID. So they might be without him. And so Kareem Hunt, I mean, Chubb can still play if he starts testing negative. Kareem Hunt is eligible to come back, although it seems like a long shot for him to come back. Um, and then Dearness Johnson, who's also good, would start. But I don't know. They, they can seem to keep having tough breaks, hopefully with Odell gone. That limits some of the distraction, even if it gives them, you know, not a ton of explosive weapons on offense. But you know, they got another big game coming up against New England, so we'll get to our picks later and, and see what we think that's going to turn into. But, um, yeah, that was, you know, surprising to see that such a blowout, especially on the road at Cincy and, you know, big rivalry game. You'd think Cincy would want to come out and put on a good performance. But mm-hmm. um, I guess does that change your perception of the division now? And then Steelers sneak out a win. Baltimore barely wins against Minnesota. I feel like all four of those teams are just kind of a jumble at this point. Baltimore probably the best so one, to- but. I'm so with you there. It's so hard to know like which one of them are true contenders and which one of them, which one of them isn't. Um, I kind of, I'm not completely out on uh, the Bengals. I, I, I'm not saying that they're done for, I think had a couple of rough patches here. I mean, losing the Jets was a big one for them. And then this obviously wasn't a good one, but I do expect them to still be competitive. Um, it makes the AFC wildcard a whole mess though. I, mean, I don't know if you've seen it, but I just looked like two days ago. Cause I was thinking about, it. I was like, Holy crap. There are like 12 teams that could easily make the playoffs. And it's like, there are going to be some really good teams that are left out. Which um, is interesting, right? Because we added an extra team and made it seven. And even then there's probably going to be four or five teams with around the same record that aren't going to get in just based on strength of schedule and division and things like that. And, uh, that's a, that's one of the divisions why the other reason I think is, for example, you look at the Chiefs who, you know, are have a winning record. You ex- we came into the season expecting teams like the Chiefs or, uh, you know, the some like or even somebody like the the Browns or the Ravens to really run away, have run away with their divisions. And nobody has done that in the AFC specifically, except for the Titans, which we'll get to. I don't know what. I don't know how they're doing what they're doing. It's driving me crazy as a Colts fan, but shout out to them. Nobody has really run away with their division in the AFC and it's making it really hard. Um, I guess maybe you can throw the bills out there, but we're going to talk about them for sure. They scored six points against the Jaguars and lost nine to six. Like the AFC is a total crapshoot. It really is. I don't, there's nobody that's like absolutely jumping off the page to me as, as a, you know, the team that's going to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl and, I genuinely think there's, like you said, 12 teams in the AFC that could legit make it to the Super Bowl. And I'm not even exaggerating. Like, of course, some have a better shot than others. And, you know, maybe the Bills are still the favorites. But even then, like, anybody can beat anyone. And it's a crazy, crazy, crazy situation. Yeah. And and again, maybe we'll talk about the Chiefs in more detail later. But, like, you've got to think, without having the schedules in front of me, like, you've got to think they're going to have a really tough time making it because they're still not playing well. And, like... It, it might come down to schedules because, like, you think about, like, the 
the teams in the East get to beat up on the Jets and the Dolphins look awful. Um, and then the team, and then like you guys and the Titans, um, you know, the Titans are pretty much set at this point, but like you guys theoretically can beat up on the Jaguars, although they played great over the weekend and, um, and Houston, but then the teams and especially like the Bengals and the Steelers, they're just going to beat each other up. And then the teams in the West are going to beat each other up too. So you got to almost lean, you know, you guys are a little bit behind the eight ball, but with how well you're playing and like theoretically, Again, I'm not sure which of those teams you've already played or whatnot, but you know, I would think you guys might have an easier schedule just with the division games. But you know what's crazy? It's it's funny you say that, but the AFC South, and this is why the Titans being in the position they're in is even more shocking. The AFC South you gotta play the NFC, uh they've been playing NFC. even Even though in division we supposedly have uh four easy wins, if you will, with the Texans and the Jaguars, which is never a guarantee if it's a division game, the Titans and the Colts have played in some combination of the Rams, the Chiefs, right. the Seahawks, the um, Car- we play the Cardinals. We also got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on our schedule. Uh, and these t- teams are still yet to come after playing the Ravens. I mean, we, outside of our conference, it's actually been the toughest schedule I think the Colts and the Titans have seen in, in years. I mean, we're playing all the playoff teams and arguably in the AFC and then getting the best division in the NFC um, thrown in there. And it's just making it, a hodgepodge. That's why it's going to be really hard uh, for the Colts to get in. I'm not saying we can't do it, but I'm, I'm just pointing to that as an example. So that's yeah. also what creates the crapshoot, right? Because Tennessee, for example, maybe we can get to this game. They just beat the Rams 28 to 16 without Derrick Henry. They held the Rams offense to 16, which still doesn't make any sense to me because I still don't think their defense is that great, but I don't know how they're doing it. They're just figuring it out and, and making plays every week. And then on the flip side of that, they still put up 28 points. Adrian Peterson did not have a great game. They didn't get a great game from their backup running back. Julio Jones did not have a great game. It's it's shot. Brian Tannehill didn't even have a great game. So I I don't the defense it's really confusing to me as to how their defense is is carrying this team right now. And it's really yeah. frustrating as a Colts fan. I like, stepped away from that one for a little bit, and like that was right when Stafford. I guess he threw two picks on back to back possessions. One for a pick six, and one was probably right at the beginning of the possession. So they got a quick, easy touchdown. And I was like, whoa, that happened fast, but. There, I, I just so I was playing the whole like who have you played, who have you beaten game, which obviously, as we know, isn't the best way to like figure out who the best team is, but I think it, it gives us an idea. I just I, I don't see an argument where right now you can't say the Titans are the best team in the AFC, like even without Derrick Henry, but it's just like these wins and the defense has been the like they've they've been winning these games the last few weeks i can't argue um you know bill i mean bills the chiefs suck now but like i mean going on the road and beating the rams just after losing derrick henry like you said is just you know it's nothing short of amazing and obviously maybe you know for the defense to step up and if if the defense is good I, i just i don't know but it doesn't seem like it should be working this well but um like shout them out and like i said i i don't see any argument certainly uh you know we'll get to the bills but you know, any argument against them being, even without Derrick Henry, the best team in the AFC right now. Um, I, I definitely I definitely agree with you up to this point in the season. Do I think they're going to be the best team in the AFC at the end of the year? No, obviously. I personally don't. I just think Derrick Henry is going to be too important for them to have success against the better teams down the road, even though they've proven. It's almost like the way I feel about the Cardinals. Like, even though they've beaten a lot of good teams, it's still something where I'm not like 100% convinced that these teams are the ones that are going to be representing their conferences and the championship games. And that's, that's all bias aside. It's just genuinely from, uh, from what I see on paper. What is What I will say, though, is I think the halfway point results are, are more surprising than I thought they'd be. And 
you know, what I can't comprehend is there's a lot of great teams that are beating really good teams, but then losing to teams that you would never really expect. I mean, you talked about the Titans. You're saying that you can make a case for that. They have two losses and they've beaten the Rams. They've beaten the Chiefs. They've beaten the Bills and they've lost to the Jets. Like that, that makes no sense. There's been a lot of inconsistency. The Bills. They beat the Colts twice. They've been incredibly inconsistent. Like it's weird. And then the Bills. Let's talk about the Bills because how can we not talk about the Bills? How do you score six points against the Jaguars? How do you score six points against Jaguars? And then even worse, how do you lose nine to six? Like I would almost, I would almost not respect, but almost be more less confused by the loss if they let up more points, but for you to hold the Jaguars to nine points and still somehow lose is absolutely mind boggling to me. We were watching that game and I kept saying, there was a bunch of Bills fans around us in Charlotte when we were watching the game. And they were like, so looking up and like, oh, this is brutal. I was like, oh, don't worry, you guys will win. Don't worry, you guys will win. Don't worry, you guys will win. Like I legitimately, even up until the last minute and a half, I was like, oh, the Bills will still win. I, I cannot believe what happened there. I mean, Trevor Lawrence left the game for a little while. I don't even know what, like, I don't know. I, I'll let you take over. I don't, I don't really know what to say about it. I'm at a loss for the, the only thing that was not surprising about that game was that Josh Allen was the MVP of the game. It was surprising which Josh Allen it was, though. I was just, I was laughing. It's similar to you. I was like, you know, they were talking about the whole Josh Allen sacking Josh Allen. That'd be the first time in NFL history that a guy with the same name sacked a guy with the same name. And then that happened. And it was like, oh, that's a cute story. You know, the, the Bills will still beat him by 20. And then Josh Allen gets an interception. And then Josh Allen strips Josh Allen and gets a fumble recovery. And then all of a sudden the Jaguars are winning the game. But it, and like you said, the Bills, like, they started the season slow, I guess, losing to Pittsburgh. It's like they've been kind of inconsistent. Like, like I want to say it's a fluke, but like something, it seems like there has to, I mean, I just, I don't understand it either. I, like, how do you, like the pressure on Josh Allen was insane. Like, I, I didn't realize their line was, is their line that bad? Or was it just a fluke game for the line? Like, I, I don't. I, I really, I'm at a loss for words, just like you are. I, I don't know what to make of that. Like, I want to chalk it up as a fluke, but at this point we're like, you know, we're coming on week 10. Usually like those kind of fluke games are behind us. But like you said, they still keep popping up, especially the Jets keep beating teams. But they were, they were supposed to be the team that like, I think coming into this week, especially with their Kenner getting hurt, that we felt would be the, the, the one team we felt or good least, about. Or at least the, the anchor for the AFC. Like that is the best right. team in the AFC. Um, so that was a really weird time for them to have that loss because, again, it leaves the AFC in a cloud of uncertainty. I think the Bills and the Titans at this point have their divisions locked up nonetheless, though. I I mean, the Patriots have a chance of catching the uh, catching the Bills, but I doubt that happens. I think they're only like a half game out. I mean, like mathematically, they have a very good chance. But, yeah, to your point. Yeah. I just yeah. I just think holistically that that's – Right, right, right. The yeah, other they're only half are very much up for grabs. And then that leaves the wild card a mess because like you said, the NFC South or AFC South, for example, sorry, not the AFC South, um, with the Steelers, the Ravens, the Browns and the Bengals, any one of those teams could still win that division. And the other three could all be in position to, to secure wild card spots. You, the Colts are at four and five or like the, the eight team looking in, but it doesn't mean we don't have a shot. Then you, you, th- you factor in like random teams, like you, like obviously the Chargers and the um, Chiefs. Raiders. And, the Raiders, Raiders are five and three. Spot. It's all kinds of it's it's a whole hoopla in the AFC. I have no idea how it's going to shake out. Schedules are going to determine it in conference matchups. The AFC is going to be really fun to watch. I think we've the touched Broncos on- are five and four. They just dominated the Cowboys on the road. That's what I was just going to bring up. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say we keep talking about the AFC, but let's talk about the AFC. 
what what in comparison to the NFC and what on earth happened to the Cowboys this week? Like I'm, I'm not surprised. Again, another team that makes no sense to me. How do you lose by two touchdowns to the Broncos? How do you score 16 after they trade Von Miller away? It's not like it's not like this is I don't know. I, I'm confused right now. I'm surprised the Broncos played that well, yes, but I'm like this is the Cowboys MO. And this is why I said over the last few weeks, like I won't believe in the Cowboys until they hoist the Lombardi. And part of that is me being biased, obviously, as a Washington football team guy. But that gen- that honestly is part of me not being biased and saying that we've seen this movie with the Cowboys for the last, like, decade. Like, they'll st- the first half of the season, like, when they're pretty healthy and whatnot, they-, they look like a Super Bowl contender. And then for whatever reason, like, you can't even really explain it. Um, they just always end up kind of screwing it up towards the end of the year. So I will say the Cowboys are the one team that hasn't really had, like, a fluky kind of weird loss this year um so maybe this is theirs i don't know but um again i still you know don't uh ballistically again i'll just never believe in the cowboys um i I will say i will say that i don't expect this from them going forward again this is their first loss and it wasn't like terrible obviously a two score the best but the broncos also aren't like a bad bad team they're probably a league average team i think obviously the cowboys came out a little rough was was last week their bye week yeah. Uh, or was, last week was Minnesota, I think. The backup quarterback game. Yeah. And then, so there was bye week and then Cooper Rush and then this week. Yeah. So I, I think, I think maybe that's where um, I'll chalk it up to that. Like them just kind of, kind of feeling the feeling out process of getting back to it. Still think they're, still think they're a very good team. Uh, still, still need some defensive improvements, but you know, their offense will be better in future. The Broncos weeks. offense is actually good. Like with Teddy playing decent quarterback and then you have like two good running backs and then with Jerry no, Judy. Melvin Gordon has been playing well and they got yeah, Judy with Judy back the uh, receivers are good so um it's, it's, yeah. a weird, it's a weird world I mean another NFC matchup uh the Cardinals with Colt McCoy and with Kyle Murray and uh DeAndre Hopkins out they beat the 49ers by two possessions and for the most part the 49ers were pretty pretty healthy even though at the beginning of the week it looked like they might not be they had most of their assets and they got Kittle back, which by the way, Kittle came back and had himself well. a big game, which I have been saying to Evan that he will have a great second half. So we'll see if he continues that. that well, he's got to, he's got to beat Hollywood Brown. Who's been amazing as well. So he had a better week than, than Hollywood, but it was a close one. Uh, I think it, again, that's, that's an interesting one because the Cardinals without Murray and without Hopkins won. So that's a pretty good testament to, to their team's ability to perform under duress when they're out you know, their main playmakers on offense and defensively, they had a really good game, you know, holding the 49ers to 17 points and pretty much limiting their rushing offense, which a lot of teams, even with the 49ers losing uh, a good chunk of games, a lot of teams have struggled to limit their rushing offense. So that was pretty impressive to see. And I also want to throw out Brandon Ayuk exists all of a sudden this season. Uh, That was shocking to see that he had a game that translated into, you know, something that actually caught the eye. Good to see a guy that was that so good last year have have some sort of an impact. But any thoughts on that one? I, I was going to say this about the Cardinals as well when we were talking about the Titans. Like, I think it's hard to um, – it's not quite as a lock, but I think it's hard to make an argument against the Cardinals being the best team. Again, right now, I'm not talking about when it's all said and done, but like right now in terms of body of work, I think it's hard to make an argument against the Cardinals as the best team in the uh, NFC as, as well. Like um, – losing Trace Edmonds as well. James Conner looked amazing as a, as a feature, like every down back. Um, I don't think the Niners are very good. Um, although Jimmy G has actually been playing pretty well and didn't play bad again last week. 
like you said, they're, they're back healthy. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The Cardinals just, you know, continue to look good. And, you know, I still think, I still think like holistically the Cardinals have like the best, maybe personnel for the best team in, in the NFC. I personally still think the Rams and the, the Packers, here's the thing, the Packers, if Aaron Rodgers wasn't out, do they lose to the chiefs? Probably not because Jordan Love scored seven points and the Chiefs only put up 13. I think the Packers would have had another big win on their resume and we wouldn't be talking about that because Rodgers just beat the Cardinals with essentially, I don't want to say nobody, but without his main playmaker on offense and with the majority of their best defense players out just a week before. So I think the Cardinals have benefited a little bit from, from the way that things fell, but they did win with their backup. So I can't take that away from them. Uh, I'm just, good with Packers, but I think body of work wise, I don't think you can like argue for the Rams, right? Now. They they've lost. Just, the they've, been too, they've been too inconsistent in my opinion. Well, too inconsistent. They lost two games and one of them was to the Cardinals. And one of don't them they have three. I don't think yeah, so. Maybe they just have two. Yeah. They're seven and two. Okay. Okay. Two good teams. Yeah. Um, well, they almost lost to the lions though. I think even in some of their wins, they've been, um, they didn't almost lose to the Lions. The Lions were just pulling out. Yeah, of the they literally almost lost to the Lions. It came down to like the last drive. Yeah, but but that was because the Lions recovered like three onside hey. kicks at the end. Like that's not hey, almost. Hey, onside kicks are part of football. The Ravens almost lost to the Lions. The the Rams had where the Ravens are very inconsistent. They were the rough Rams, there for a while. The Rams had had the lead the whole time. Yeah, that Ravens Vikings game was a wild one. The Vikings. Uh, Coming down into OT with the Ravens winning by three. That was probably the best game of the week, I'm, I'm assuming, just from what we saw. Right there with the Chargers and Eagles, probably the two two best ones of the week. That was really – oh, actually, Falcons-Saints, too. There was some really good, really good close games this weekend. Uh, any thoughts on any of those really close games? Any teams that stood out to you? Does it make a difference? I'll let you go first. I do, I do have a few. Yeah. We knew the Vikings were going to come out and play well. Like we talked about it during our picks last week, coming off that loss to a backup quarterback. So I'll give the, the Ravens credit for pulling that one out when it looked pretty bleak. Um, like they've just found a way to win games. Otherwise, like the Saints, lo- Saints losing that, you know, has to be really disappointing for them. Um, Falcons, if the season ended today, I'm pretty sure our playoff team. How about that? Um That'll certainly change, but um, yeah, disappointing for the Saints. And what did we say? Chargers Eagles was another one. Yeah, um, uh, nothing, nothing really to say on that one. Again, the Chargers continue to not look great, but you know, going on the road at Philly is never easy. Vegas, Vegas did a darn good job dude. with that spread because we all thought that dude. was a crazy one. Um, well, but they still like. I still don't think it was a very good spread, and we'll see it again this week with our picks, but. Vegas just seems to love Philly for some reason. It makes no sense. Um, hey, but, I mean, uh, they haven't been too far off. They, they got the... they, they do keep it close for the most part, but it's like, you know, you basically just needed to pick Chargers to win. And, and they did. It wasn't pretty. But I, I also never felt like the Chargers were going to lose that game. No, that's like, true. I mean, I it, it was close, but there was never a point of concern, I feel like, really. A that's major fair. point of concern. That's fair. Yeah, I will, say, I will say your statement about how the season ended right now, the Falcons will make the playoffs, just goes to show how much deeper the AFC is than the NFC in the sense of teams that can compete because the Falcons wouldn't even be sniffing the playoffs if they were in, if they were in the AFC, in my opinion. Uh, on the flip side of that, I do think the NFC has more top-tier teams, maybe more teams that, that are legit Super Bowl teams than maybe the AFC does right now, just with injuries and, you know, the Chiefs, struggling the way that they've had and stuff like that. I mean, you could probably only make an argument for 
again, the Titans might be the best team right now, but I don't see the Titans being a Super Bowl contender at the end of the year without Derrick Henry. So I almost just have the Bills and then everybody else right now, even after the loss of the Jaguars. Whereas in the in the NFC, you, I could still see the Rams. Even if I don't believe in the Cardinals, they 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 seem to be a team that could do it. And um, the Bucks. the Rodgers and the Bucks. But I yeah, mean, four. I'm not big on the Bucks, but yeah, I, I think I think they could be one. That's just you being biased, though. You can't. I don't even know if it's me bi- being biased. I don't understand their loss last week either. Like they they haven't they haven't had a many super decisive wins against good teams either. They lost to the Rams earlier in the season, so I, I it's it's one of those where it's like it's not just bias. Like I I understand they won the Super Bowl last year. I just haven't seen a lot from them recently where a lot of wins from them recently where it's been like, wow, this team is great. Like I, I, I mean, they, I they beat the bears by like 50. Now the bears aren't great. Although they've been playing well the last two weeks, but like they beat them by like 50. I mean, the, I bear, mean, the bucks and the Rams are in the same boat for me. Like I think they're the, the two most talented, the two best teams. And maybe because of that, they've had some, you know, surprising outcomes, whether it be losses or close wins, but it's like when it's all said and done, I think, you know, they're two. I mean, my question is, if the and the bucks Packers. Beat- and the Bucs beat a playoff team this yet this season? They beat Dallas to start the year, and Dallas is awesome. Okay, well, okay, that's I'll give them that. Game one of the season, but that, that I'll give them that. But I will say since that, I haven't seen anything that makes me think that they're because the, the they lost to the Rams and the teams that they had beat haven't been, you know, and they've had really close games with teams that aren't that good and then lost to the Saints last week. So the Saints who ended up losing this week to the Falcons. So I, I I'm just saying I don't I don't I don't see a lot of like every other team that I pointed to has beaten another Super Bowl caliber, you know, playoff caliber team, the Cardinals, well, they, Rams, yeah. Packers, the Bucks haven't done that unless you want. I mean, I guess you can talk about the Cowboys week one, but that's. But what opportunity have they had to do that other than the Rams and they had to go on the road to LA? Their schedule just hasn't been very difficult. But that's even more of a reason why I'm not like super impressed with them, right? Because you, you they, they could, they could be, I don't know, technically have a more impressive resume by winning those games by in a better fashion. And, and that's for other teams that have had a much more difficult schedule. I think, I think that's where the argument comes into play because they don't have a really hard conference either. But it's a, also like they won the Super Bowl last year. They got better this off season. They ha- I think they just haven't done anything. They haven't like been bad enough and inconsistent enough to change the fact that they won the Super Bowl and got better. I guess, but even their best win, which, which was the Cowboys, was because the Cowboys kicker missed three three kicks. I mean, come on, like like I, there's just nothing they've done so far this season where I've been like, oh, that's impressive. Beating the beating up on the Bears is not super impressive to me. Um, who, by the way, just lost to the Steelers. Any other big takeaways? I I will say, uh, looks like the Panthers whisperer got one wrong this week, huh? Because yeah, I'm Patriots- glad I didn't trust him because that was embarrassing. The the Patriots are uh, are actually good. Um, I, I, it's last year the amount of flack Bill Belichick got. For one year without Brady, I, I kept saying to everybody, give this guy time, man. Like you can't, you, you can't lose his franchise quarterback, have to redo his whole team and then expect him to be a playoff team the next year. But he, I don't know what it is about him, but he makes decisions and, and he manages to, even with the team that I personally think has no business being competitive in these kinds of games is somehow competitive. Like if you talk about personnel, they have a rookie quarterback in Mac Jones. They don't have any elite wide receiver talent. Jacoby Myers is holding down the fort. They have two decent, if not above average tight ends, but one of them isn't really doing anything. They take guys like Damian Harris. and Damian Harris is legit, is the guy I want to mention. Though. He's a legit yeah, no, he's, he's a legit, very legit. He's always legit at Bama, yeah. but just their uses. Like they use Lamont, Ramondre Stevenson to make them credible weeks where um, Brandon Bolden has big weeks. And then defensively, 
Judon's great, but they don't have a lot of big names and they traded a lot of the big names away. They traded Stephon Gilmore away in the past couple of years. Jamie Collins has left. They've lost Chandler Jones. They've lost a lot of players. And somehow, yet, yet again, they compete week after week after week. And they don't have any losses this year that, that has like, that has me being like, wow, like, you know, like that's a bad loss. Like the Patriots have stayed in hindsight, the, the Dolphins from week one, but again, that's a week. I guess one. that's true, but, but that's Long week time one. Ago. They're, they're sorting it out, but I mean, they're one possession away from the bucks. They beat the chargers. They had, they just beat up on the Panthers. I don't know how impressive that is because the Panthers haven't been very good recently. They should have beat the Cowboys too. That one that was the overtime game that got crazy there. True. Good call. They yeah. almost lost to Houston. That was the one. That's the one. They also got slaughtered by the Saints, which I know at at home. Early on, they were a little rough, but lately, yeah. I guess the Saints made some kind of a pact to beat up on the good teams and then lose to the bad teams. They've been weird, man. I I just don't get it. Saints Um, are hard to figure. I will say though, I'm I'm impressed with the Patriots, and I think like I think for as long as Belichick coaches that team, that team will always be a competitive team, if not in the near future in a Super Bowl team again because they can build around anything and make it work. So very fortunate to have a coaching staff and, and general manager core of, of that nature. I'm trying to think, man, like overarchingly though, this was a weird week. We've had back-to-back weird weeks where there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense. Even the Giants winning. Um, I mean, I guess they beat the Raiders. For me, that was surprising because I I, I thought the Raiders had enough to do it. Uh but the Giants still haven't gotten Saquon back or anything like that. The Giants aren't bad. They've actually been playing pretty well lately. So I, I figured that was a Raiders kind of flop spot. Maybe. Um, that I guess I don't have any other necessarily take. I guess one, like Jordan Love. Like Jordan Love is supposed to be the future of the – well, you know, he is by default going to be the future because Aaron Rodgers is leaving next year. Um, that's concerning. I mean, maybe the chief the Chiefs defense has been playing better lately, and I guess they got um, uh, Melvin Ingram, I think, right? Um, I don't even know if he played, but because they just got him. But I mean, that's a little concerning there for the Packers' future with uh, with Jordan Love at the helm. I don't know if you have any major takeaways on his performance, but it's, it's his first game. It was very unimpressive. It's, it's his first game. It was very unimpressive. I think he kind of got thrown out there without the expectation that it would be starting up until you know the week of and. I think I think it's a feeling out process. I, he's got potential. I'm sure. I'm sure he's got. Like I, I mean, there's a reason they drafted him where they did, and I think a lot of teams really did want Jordan Love in that draft because he's got that kind of like deep cannon kind of potential. But I think he just kind of needs some time to really get some quality PT before we can before we can judge his greatness. But I will say this is yet another reason. I'm not saying Love will flop long term, but this is yet another reason why I understand. I don't understand why Rodgers. I don't want to get into the whole I'm immunized nonsense or whatever. That's just a waste of time for me. That's, in my opinion, just wild and un, un I don't know. It's, it doesn't make any sense to me, but I do understand why he was upset with the Packers for the last two years, because you drafted Jordan Love with a first round pick and he just put up seven points. And I'm not saying this determines his future, but imagine if you got yourself another really good defender or a really good playmaker on offense. Maybe I wonder who's out there, Sai. This is my next topic. I wonder oh, which wide receiver we are could on, be available right now that would give them another playmaker. We are on the same page because <laughs> I was just I was gonna cue that up to say, so where does Mr. Odell Beckham Jr. end up now that he is clear? Which first of all, I'm shocked he cleared waivers because 
Well, because if, if if you claim him, though, I think you have to pay his contract. No, but right. But, oh no, no, you do. Yeah, you pay. So, his full so everyone, you wait for him to clear waivers, and then you fight over him with, you know, to get him for cheap. Basically, I think is the idea. Dude, he would be an amazing fit with the Packers. Imagine Devontae Adams and, and Odell Beckham Jr. playing with Aaron Rodgers. That would be a bro. I think it, I, I know Odell Beckham Jr. is maybe not in his prime anymore, but I still think he's got that ability to be a top 10 receiver in the NFL if he has the right person or the right fit throwing him the football. Because when I watch him play, he's still electric. And having Rodgers throw him that football with Devontae Adams on the other side, we're talking – that might catapult the Packers to, to really take it off because that was their big problem last year. And as their defense gets healthy, if they have one more receiver to, to kind of open up that offense with AJ Dillon and, and uh, Aaron Jones with Rodgers, I mean, come on, that offense would be ridiculous. That's a good option. Do you have any others that stand out to you? I know, I don't know if you heard, but with uh, good old Russell Wilson coming back this week, Pete Carroll came out and made a little middle, little statement. I don't know what he was trying to imply, but he said, you'll see, when they asked him if he was just trolling the media, although the Seahawks are known to do that though. Like they're almost the opposite of the Packers in that the, you always expect like the Packers to make that kind of move because you feel like they need to, and they never do, which is why Aaron's so pissed. But the Seahawks, like they used to do it with Josh Gordon. I feel like they did it like twice or something where he would come off a suspension and the Seahawks would be there trying to give him a shot. But I mean, Odell wants to go to the Packers. I, you know, will believe it when I see it, that the Packers will actually do it. And uh, he does. He did show that he can still get open easily. I will even say in those last couple of games with Cleveland, but he was dropping the ball at an insane rate. He'll figure like, it. And he's no. also he he's such a head case, and he's still consistently injured. So um, him with Adams would be a nice tandem, though, just in terms of their styles as well. I think so. But I, I'll believe it when I see it that he can stay healthy, catch the football, and not be a distraction. I feel for him, though, in this sense. Like, yes, he's a diva, and I'm not saying the Browns haven't been a good um, haven't been a good organization over the last couple of years, and yes, they've been successful without him. But when he got traded over to the Browns, I mean, the number of games where I watched him, like, like highlights of him just absolutely burning a corner and either Baker just not looking at him or misthrowing him for years, I can't even imagine how frustrating that must be because when he left the Giants – he was a top five wide receiver in the NFL with Eli Manning throwing him the football. There's the, the, the problem wasn't him in the sense of his ability to, to create space and, and score. It was, he's just in an offense that wasn't the right fit for him and his playmaking abilities. And what sucks about that is those are probably his prime years. And we missed out on the opportunity to watch somebody that could have been gone down as one of the greatest receivers we've ever seen play football, uh, playing in an organization that didn't work out in the sense of, his him like maximizing his abilities. So I'm really hoping that for the next two to three years, he he's in a position where he can do so because I, you know, say what you will, he is one of the most electric football players I've seen in the last, you know, decade and maybe in our lifetime. Because when he's when he's in a position to succeed, he makes play after play after play look look like some I don't know. I, that, that's how I personally feel. I think the blame needs to be more on him than the Browns, because I think that argument goes both ways where there also have been tons of like, I'm just thinking of one, like two weeks ago, like fourth and three, he gets wide open on a slant route. Baker hits him right in the hands and he drops it. Like that goes both ways from a trust thing um, that, you know, you don't look his way as much if you don't think he's going to get to pass. But so, and 
I don't know. I agree. The situation isn't great because the Browns are built more in the run game and, you know, not necessarily as much on explosive plays, especially, you know, maybe they'll pop the top once in a while, but not necessarily like across the middle, like, you know, um, explosion over there. So it's, I don't know when he's such a head case though, and he's not really healthy that much either. It's like, I lean towards blaming the player more than the Browns, but we'll see. Hopefully he does well. Um, I had one, uh, one more Beckham, Jordan Love, and there's, oh yeah, do you, back to the Patriots, do you believe Mac Jones's um, storyline on him twisting um, Brian Burns's ankle? Did you see that highlight? I, I didn't see the highlight. I, I, from, I, I did deductive reasoning from what I saw of, he said, like I, I read something that said that he said that he grabbed Brian Burns's foot because he thought he recovered a fumble. Um, I didn't watch the film. I just saw Brian Burns limping off the field with, with two, uh, two trainers or two, his coaches carrying him off. I don't see, I didn't see what happened. So I don't think I can have a, a strong case one way or the other, just cause I, I didn't see it. But from just the fact that that art, that headline came out, makes me feel like that people are assuming that Mac Jones was, 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 you know, maybe not being completely truthful in saying that. It looks bad, but it's also like, neither of us have been sacked in an NFL game by huge and athletic defensive linemen or linebackers. So, you know, after you get hit and sacked and you know, you fumbled the ball, like I can see a little kind of frantic, like, Oh, I just need to hold someone from getting the ball kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But it's like it, it, he like where he roll, he rolls over at the end, like he grabs his ankle, which I feel like is normal, but then he like rolls over and like twists it at the end, which just, it looks really bad. So I don't know. I, it's logical, his, his explanation, but it, it's a bad look. So I don't, yeah, know. I don't have much. He better, but. Hope, he better hope Brian Burns believes him too because oh, they, face each other, they face each other in the future. You, you, that's one of the best pass rushers in the NFL, and I'm sure I'm yeah. sure he'll make his own statement. Sweet. Well, anything else from you before we switch over to, uh, to picks here? All righty. We'll go ahead and move on to uh, week 10 picks here. Recapping last week, like I said at the top, brutal week, seven and seven. We're the favorites. Um, you and Zach both got seven. I got eight. So um, we, at least, we at least were on par with um, with the favorites winning. But yeah, crazy week, bunch of big upsets. We will jump into the picks this week, starting off on Thursday night. Baltimore is at Miami. Baltimore is a seven and a half point favorite over under 46 and a half. Um, what do you got on this one? I'll say Baltimore to win and cover. Um, yeah, I have Baltimore winning. Um, uh, I think I had no, no cover here. That's, uh, it's not, it's not a, let me clarify though. It's not a bet I'm excited about. I just, right, right, right. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. um, Atlanta at Dallas, Dallas is a nine point favorite at home. Um, 55 is the over under, um, I'm going to take, um, Dallas to win, but not cover. Yeah, I'll do Dallas to win, not to cover. I, just after last week, it's, I can definitely see him doing it, but not something I'm excited yeah. about. Atlanta's not a bad team. I mean, they're not a good team, but they're not, not bad. They're not. They're, they're, they're below average. Let's be Especially right. without Ridley. Um, Buffalo at the Jets. Jets looking to be spoilers once again. Hopefully Mike White comes back because Mike White has been fun to watch. Um, Buffalo is 13-point favorites over under 47 and a half. Um, you can go first. I'm going to take Buffalo to win and cover. I think, I think they're going to really try to blow the lid off this one after what happened this past week. I'm going to say they don't cover just because of the rule to not take a home double-digit underdog to uh, – not cover the spread, but um, for no other reason than that. Um, a huge one o'clock game. This is a really difficult one, especially with all the injury implications. Cleveland going to Foxborough for a one o'clock start. New England is favored by one and a half. Your over-under is 45. 
again, um, I guess we, I think we mentioned this offline Chubb or uh, Nick Chubb has COVID. So unless he goes negative the rest of the week, then he can't play. Kareem Hunt is, un- he can be activated, but is unlikely to play. So it's probably going to be Dearness Johnson. And then Damian Harris is also in concussion protocol. So he likely, I don't, I, I don't know how likely, but it seems like he, he probably can't play either. Um, so both teams probably without their top running backs. Um, this is such a tough one for me. <sighs> I'll take Cleveland on the money line just because I think it's smart money. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I'm, that's just a tough one for me too. I'm, but I'm struggling with this. If Nick Chubb plays, then I'll take Cleveland. If he doesn't play, then I'm taking the Patriots. That's kind of where I'm at. Uh, as of right now, I'm hoping he'll he'll get a couple negative tests and we'll be able to play. And with that in mind, I'll I'll take Cleveland um, for this one. I, but. I actually think like Damian Harris being out oddly enough impacts the Patriots more than like Chubb being out just because like Dearness Johnson that one week looked so good. But. I disagree because the Patriots seem to make it work. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, Detroit going to Heinz Field and the Steelers. Steelers coming off a big win last night, um, albeit over the Bears. Um, Pittsburgh's nine-point favorites here, over-unders 42-and-a-half. Um, who do you got? I'm never going to take Pittsburgh as double-digits favorites unless they start popping off the next couple of weeks, but I will take them the win. Agreed. That's my view as well. I was tempted to just have some fun and pick Detroit to win this one off a of bye. I could, I could see this being the flu game of the week, Pittsburgh coming off a Monday night game, but mm-hmm. – um, they tend to hold down the fort and not lose to bad teams. Um, uh, Jacksonville is the opponent for your Colts this week. One o'clock start. You guys are favored by 10 coming off. Um, Jacksonville's incredible performance against the Bills. I have Colts winning and covering. Yeah, I have us covering. We're really starting to play like ourselves, like what we're capable of these last couple of weeks. So. All right, moving on. Um, New Orleans going to Nashville this week to take on the Titans, coming off a big Rams win. Um, Vegas not too keen on the Titans here. Um, maybe trying to flip the script after New Orleans has a, a bad loss against Atlanta and the Titans have a huge win against the Rams. Titans are only three-point favorites, over-unders 44.5. Um, you can start us off here. I've got the Saints. Oh. They beat. They keep beating the good teams and losing They the have ball. their moments. This, I seems, actually, this yeah, seems like a trap game. It does feel like a trap to me as well, but I just think that is such a low number for a team that has been playing so well. So if it's a trap, then I will, you know, happily, you know, I'll let, I'll let Vegas have this one. If indeed it's a trap and the Saints end up winning, but um, so I have the Titans winning and covering um, comfortably. Um, Washington football team here hosting Tampa Bay. Um, our last 1 p.m. or Tampa Bay is a 10 point favorite. Um, 51 and a half is the over under. I was so excited for this game when I saw it on the schedule preseason because of Heineke playing the Bucks and not almost beating them, but like giving them a pretty good fight in the playoffs last year. So I was excited for Tampa Bay to come back. Um, yeah, not so excited anymore. So I have Tampa Bay winning. I'm going to say they don't cover just because it's a, you know, bias and a 10 point uh, home underdog. But yeah, they, Tampa Bay will win. I'm not confident about a cover. I think they most likely could hit that 10 point um, cover, but I'm just going to say Tampa Bay, like money line. 4 PMers big game here, Minnesota going to um, SoFi stadium to play the chargers. Um, Chargers are three point favorites. Looks like Vegas thinks these teams are pretty even, which I think is is somewhat fair. 
Um, over-under is 53, which maybe a little light on the over-under for these high-scoring teams. Uh, who do you got in this one? I think I – Minnesota really played the, the Ravens well. They seem to be a team that wins one week and loses another to a good team. I want to pick Minnesota, but I, I, I tend to go with the Chargers on this one. I, I, think, I think they're going to get a back-to-back wins here. I think they'll cover a three-point spread. I, I feel like it's going to be even, but I'll say they'll cover. I could see this being one of those classic, like high scoring, maybe overtime games that the Chargers have had with like the Browns and, um, you know, those types of things. I think Minnesota is trending towards a win here. I'm going to, I'm going to take the money line on the, on the bikes. Um, Moving on Carolina, Sam Darnold broken, uh, was it broken bone in his shoulder or something? He's going to be out for quite a few weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess PJ Walker, I think is his name is their new starting quarterback. Arizona's a 10-point favorite. Obviously, Chase Edmonds is out, so James Conner's your lead back. Um, I think TBD on Kyler and Nuke. I actually don't know um, what their status is. I would think maybe they're trending towards playing since they weren't, like, bad injuries per se, but I also don't think they need them based on their performance last week. So I have Arizona winning, and if they if those guys play, I have them covering this um, for sure. Um, if they don't, I still probably have them covering, but, you know, certainly less confidently. I feel like I'm just going to say Arizona winning. This is not one I want to bet the spread on until I know the injury situation. So, All righty. We'll go ahead and move on. Um, Philly is going to mile high to play the Broncos. Um, again, Vegas loves Philly for some reason. Um, Denver coming off that bludgeoning of the Cowboys on the road is only a three-point favorite. Um, and it actually opened at like two or two and a half. Um, over-under is 44. Who do you got? I'm actually going to take the Eagles. Oh, my God. You might think I'm crazy, but I, I actually believe this is another trap game where even though even though Denver won last week, the Eagles did play pretty well against the Chargers, and they had a huge win the week before, and I honestly think that they could pull one out here and, uh, and, and get the dub against Denver because Denver had a great week last week, but this could be one where they, where they fall back a little. So I'm going to go, I'm gonna go Philly. The Eagles are garbage, and their only good thing about last week was Devontae Smith finally popping off, but he's not going to be able to pop off on Pat Sertan, which will be fun to watch. Uh, um, I, I, I mean, again, you know, Denver, you know, they're inconsistent, but um, this is one of my favorites. Um, I actually don't think this is really a trap game even. Um, I don't understand that line. Um, moving on, another game with substantial injury implications – Seattle is going to Green Bay, which normally would be a huge game. Still is a huge game for Seattle more so. Green Bay is only a three and a half point favorite at home. 49 and a half is the over under. And I guess we got to go through this. So Russell Wilson is in. I don't think it's like for sure, but I'm pretty sure he's good. Um, Chris Carson is a maybe could be back. Aaron Rodgers is a, a probably according to him, although it seems like he's more of a maybe to me. Um, I think he's being a little overconfident. Um, I think those are the big names. So obviously there's so much up in the air. It's hard to make a pick. I think I'm actually going to take Seattle just given all of the uncertainty. Um, And even if everyone plays, I think they could keep it close because there's so, I mean, there's such a different team with Russ and the defense hasn't been playing horrible in his absence. So um, given that, I'm more confident in Russ playing than Aaron. I'm going to take Seattle. The Packers losing 13 to seven on a week with Rodgers out and holding the Chiefs with with to 13 points. And I think with their defense, hopefully getting a little bit healthier, 
I feel like, I mean, obviously this is assuming Rogers plays. We don't know what's going to happen. And of course we can always change our lines after the fact and we get a little more injury news, but for now I'm going to go green Bay. And honestly, if Rogers is healthy, I, I, I expect them. I won't say expect them to cover, but I definitely expect. I, I I'll take a money line because this could be like a three point game. So yeah, it's hard to make a pick on that one. Um, all right, Sunday night football, big game, Kansas City going to Las Vegas. This is like a huge playoff picture game because both of these teams probably figured to factor in the well, but both of them. I mean, these two and the Chargers and even the Broncos could win the division. They're all in that like five and three, five and four bucket. So, um, Kansas City is a two and a half point favorite on the road. Um, at Vegas, Vegas coming off a loss against the Giants. Um, again, I, I don't think Kansas City is good at all. I have Vegas here winning at home. I think they play a lot better at home. I got Kansas City. I know you do. Um, <laughs> uh, moving on, Monday Night Football, Rams at the 49ers. This is going to be a tough card for us to come up with some parlay picks, but I'm really hoping that this is one we might actually agree on. Um, the Rams are only four point favorites coming off that loss against Tennessee. And yeah, they're going on the road, but the 49ers have not looked good at all. Although they are healthy now. So you got, um, I mean, I know you're going to pick the Rams, but unless you're going to surprise me, but Rams yeah, I think the Rams cover, I think that, I mean, again, going on the road, but I, that might I, be the only like bet that I, I feel think like this is the only one we agree on. Like so we're, this is going to be a tough one to parlay. It'll be fun. Well, plus it's a plus it's a Monday Night Football. I hate including the Monday Night Football game, but it looks like we're going to have to. But um, interesting, we got a lot of uh, deviation in the uh, in the card here. And I noticed last last week, so Zach and I once again picked an entire card where we only differed on one pick. One pick, yep. I saw it that. happens every week, so we'll have to get his picks. And, uh, and the one pick was differential for you. So. Exactly, exactly. Every time that happens, I seem to edge him out by that one pick. So going to be an interesting week again. Very disappointed in your uh, selections of the um, – <laughs> Saints and the Chargers, but I'm sure you are equally disappointed in my selection of the Las Vegas Raiders and uh, potentially the uh, the Seahawks. And uh, so we'll see how it goes. But um, yeah, any any last words from you, my friend, until we cut out for week 10? No, sir. Next time you see us, hopefully Evan and I will have had a great weekend in New York City. That's and, right. That's right. I'll keep, uh, we'll, we'll come back with hopefully some stories and maybe we'll watch 1 p.m. together this weekend, Evan, and we can... Yeah, dude see what these live bits are looking like together. So that being said, ladies and gentlemen, as always, I was Mondays Down South. Tune in on Spotify. Tune in on on YouTube. Uh, Get a couple more of these social media posts going. And that being that, that, hopefully we'll have our our favorite favorite third host back next week. And that's it. Thank you all. Sweet.